The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And our topic for today is managing the digital talent lifecycle. And our guest is Sangi Watsa, who is the Chief Information Officer and Executive Vice President at Comerica Bank. Hi, Sangi. How are you? Yes, I'm doing great. Thank you. And thanks for having me on the show. Oh, the honor is all ours. And uh, the reason we wanted to bring you is because we know that digital transformation is the new wave. Everyone wants to go digital. They are trying to find opportunities for the business. But we also have to see how will we execute on all the strategies because we need people. And when we talk about people, that means the HR and technology leaders who are supposed to look at who we have, what new talent needs to come in, and who are not as relevant given the direction that we are going. So this has never been an easy thing to to solve, if you will, but we wanted to take this particular challenge and see if we can tackle it in the context of digital age that we are in today. So, so the fact, the first question for you, Sangi, is... We know that this digital is currently evolving. It is also volatile, and it is going to continue to evolve. In typical stable scenarios, you can look at uh, business capability, map that into a workforce capability, and do those strategic exercises. Do you think we are uh, at that stage yet? And if not, how do we even get started? Yeah, Sanjog, that's, that's, a, that's a great question to start the discussion. And, uh, you know, this uh, topic is uh, very important uh, that industries are grappling with this opportunity. I, I kind of refer to this opportunity as a continuous talent enrichment. So let me start by first kind of answering your question directly. Uh, uh, my view on this is uh, yes, uh, uh, you know, there, it, there is a way to envision talent and workforce uh, road mapping, uh, but there's definitely more to it. Uh, and I'll kind of share some context. Uh, you know, what I thought may be interesting also for, the, for your audience would be to, uh, you know, describe briefly, you know, when we say digital capability, uh, there are obviously a lot of great definitions out there. Uh, when I think of a digital capability, I kind of define it as a mechanism where uh, digital information and resources, uh, both human and robotics, you know, bots, uh, combine in new ways to create value and revenue. So, for example, uh, a, a bot programmed by engineers to service customers uh, coming through their mobile app uh, would be an example of enabling a digital capability. So the technology strategy that we have for the bank uh, you know, this was launched about a year ago, and it has two major focus areas, uh, transforming a future and strengthening a core. Uh, what we've done is uh, we have placed the digital, deliver- uh, digital delivery transformation uh, within the transform part of the strategy. However, we have very explicitly placed talent and culture development in the core part of our strategy. So what we've basically uh, been doing is as we have defined the core products that our customers consume, these digital products, you know, your mobile apps and your other uh, capabilities, uh, uh, we've been publishing the product roadmaps, um, for example, a product roadmap for a mobile payment product. And one of the critical components of that roadmap is your talent roadmap, uh, which is essentially starting to get into, into the details of what is the talent need 
over the course of next 24 to 36 months as we start to create these capabilities. Uh, so in a, in a way, from my standpoint, uh, your product roadmap and your talent roadmap go hand in hand. And if your talent roadmap is not strong, uh, your product roadmap will not sustain. So what you just mentioned, it's, it's a fantastic way of getting started and you put it on the strategy side. Now, your strategy or any strategy for that matter should have some core fundamentals and some core, at least some fixed elements and not everything can be variable. So if you look at business and businesses, I want this capability today and another one tomorrow. And of course, you, you always have to say no sometimes, but for the most part, you want to also join the excitement and see if you can build that capability so that the business is competitive and it's progressive. While all that is going on, that talent, the skill, the competencies, which may be needed for that very next project you're about to take on, your talent cannot keep up. And mm-hmm. if we cannot keep that up, then how are you going to build so-called some? Can there be a blueprint when we know the very nature of what talent you need for the next thing that your business wants as a capability is not available either even in the marketplace or if it's available, then you cannot afford it or you have to if you have to develop it internally, it's going to take you six months or you don't know how much because you've not even tested people for those skill levels. So the reason I'm trying to introduce these things is because this is the reality on the ground because that that, that, that strategy that you're talking about, it has to have some some fixed uh, elements, as I mentioned earlier. But what Mm -hmm. are those? Do you have any? Yeah. And you know what, this is is uh, the reason I find this uh, topic very interesting is it's a challenge that, uh, uh, you know, we face day in, day out. And... uh, in the kind of the day and age uh, we are in, uh, with the rapid pace of uh, digital change that we are all experiencing, uh, and I personally don't believe we uh, are able to map out the seemingly endless scenarios, as you kind of you know, uh, mentioned. Uh, however, there are kind of ways to address this challenge uh, and, and different approaches for us to consider. Uh, one thing in particular that I have been paying a lot of attention to is that uh, you hire for talent and not just for skills. Uh, if, you, if you take a look at the uh, technologies that have been really uh, you know, becoming very pervasive in the environment and, uh, you know, you talk about all aspects of you know, mobile and cloud and, you know, advanced analytics, machine learning, AI, uh, and, and the list goes on with, with blockchain. Uh, if we were to simply be looking to hire somebody as an expert in blockchain, uh, would not be very practical because it would not be as many people who would have become experts in blockchain uh, yet, yet the demand is going to be very, very high. So my kind of view on this is that you really hire for talent, uh, and then the talent that is uh, going to be centered around you know, coming in with a positive attitude, having a strong aptitude, uh, being adaptive, and being curious. And I kind of refer to this as, you know, a, 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 uh, an A-cubed model, which is basically once you have a multiplied effect of aptitude, attitude, and adaptability, you can really raise the altitude of your outcomes. So, that's, so that, would be, that would be one consideration on how do you really hire for, you know, that level of uh, uh, characteris- uh, or characteristics to really create the, uh, the higher level of outcomes. Now, there are certain skills that are core to us. Uh, you know, you need people with certain level of uh, uh, knowledge base in cybersecurity. You need people who have operational excellence in really keeping the health of your systems uh, you know, as uh, rich as it can be. And so there are core skills that you absolutely need to ensure that you have it uh, as, part of your, uh, as part of your talent pool. But in the emerging technology space, you know, it's difficult to really map uh, your resource pool that on day one, and hiring is not always an option uh, because of the limited amount of pool that uh, pool that you have out there. So I, I totally see the approach that you're taking, and and you actually identified that while you would hire people for attitude, and I'm sure you might have people currently with the right attitude because you hired them in the past. So so if that was taken as table stakes, and we were to look at skills and competencies. 
would you put uh, the mantra of succeeding in this digital world is to find talent versus develop talent because of the very speed at which things are moving? Yeah. Uh, so so if I just kind of make sure I understood this correctly, you're saying is invest in talent versus finding talent. I'm saying the other way around. Because when you try to invest in someone who has the right attitude, and I'm not saying you will not invest in your people, but if you're talking about things which are moving fast and you start developing your people who may not either be digital natives or they may come with a, a type of experience which could very well become the roadblock. So you have to kind of have them unlearn to relearn something new. Mm-hmm. And the pace at which your business demands change and you have to, while you can create all the strategy, but in order to execute, you cannot wait for your talent to develop the one you have existing for you to deliver. That means you'll have to continue to look for outside sources or some some form of a pipeline, which may not always exist internally. Would you think that's a that's an underlying principle? If you start following, then we will save ourselves that glory that, oh, yeah, I developed all the talent from within, and then that's how I realized the digital strategy. Should we just come to terms with this? Yeah, no, I, I think I think it's a little bit more complex than that, and uh, let me just share some perspectives with you. Uh, I, I, may, I may take an example as well. There, uh, I, I, I believe uh, this space you need to pull multiple levers. Uh, you uh, have to uh, grow from within, but you also have to have a, a rich talent uh, acquisition strategy. So when we take a look at our talent strategy, it's uh, you know it's got uh, acquiring talent, uh, basically engaging talent, developing talent, and retaining talent. Uh, when we are looking at uh, the approach uh, that I talked about this, uh, you know, how do you really assess the effectiveness of your talent? Uh, we are basically applying this approach across different segments of our employees. Uh, and we'll be further kind of you know, getting into, the, into that in detail as we go through the call. But, uh, you know, we've been hiring, for example, millennials and, uh, and bringing in summer interns, you know, who bring in a level of pers- uh, perspective uh, that is actually very, very applicable to parts of our business on what we're looking to uh, innovate in. Uh, we've also started uh, doing the same with uh, our tenure talent. Uh, we've also been hiring tenure talent. And uh, the other kind of aspect is that as you think of the world of crowdsourcing uh, that we live in, we need to tap into all digitally oriented talent. So we've been naturally getting uh, access to our tech-savvy business partners, uh, our technology suppliers, innovation labs, uh, universities that we are basically working with, uh, open source forums that you can think of. And most recently, we had an engagement with one of the local universities, uh, and we kind of brought in uh, a project where they came and uh, talked to us about how do we uh, create a digitally-oriented startup culture inside Comerica Technology. So... I think if, if you go back to your point about you know what does a you know what does a digitally ready talent look like? I mean, I define that as one that is customer centric, you know, it's technology savvy, uh, innovative, and fundamentally focused on creating customer delight. Uh, and then other aspects of what I talked about is that you got to invest in technology uh, uh, level of skill set uh, uplifting, uh, while also trying to bring in the technology expertise from outside. So if we were to compare what you just mentioned or the type of talent pool, which is digital ready, right? Like the way you defined it. And if I compare that to something we would have liked to see, say, 10 years ago or seven years ago, the core attributes kind of remain the same. What changed with the digital? What's that incremental that you added to that definition because you're looking for digital ready? Because all of those talent attributes that you mentioned are, in my view, required for any progressive individual who wants to grow individually and also contribute effectively to an organization. Where's this digital, what I call flavor? What what, what does that demand? What, What are the demands we have to place on a person to be able to fare well in the digital era versus the pre digital era? Uh, you know, I would say I think the number of things are the same, and, and if to answer your question, what's changed is the uh, the rate at which uh, the technologies are emerging, the uh, the rate at which the customers uh, are 
starting to consume products and services, uh, their consumption patterns starting to be informed by the level of innovation that we see happening in the marketplace across different industries. So if I just think of uh, a customer of financial services uh, firm, uh, a customer at a retail bank, uh, kind of a uh, setting or somebody who is a commercial bank customer, uh, on, a, on a daily basis, they're also interacting with other retail applications, uh, apps like Uber, you know, apps like uh, you know, uh, Airbnb. And so they're already being educated and being uh, informed about how to consume things in a, in a different way. So first of all, the consumption patterns are changing significantly, uh, and the rate of change has been you know, more on an exponential curve. So when you kind of think about the, the adaptability aspect, which was not as much needed in the past, uh, though it was required, I'm, I'm not saying that it was not needed, but it's required a lot more now. And so, so what, to answer your specific question, what's changed is, 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 the, is, the, is the pace of change. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And then uh, let's look at the approach that we may be taking. So you got more projects. You got to keep getting more people. Is that the best approach or actually only bite as much as we, you know, as we can handle? So would we say that to handle digital and to be able to handle the talent or manage the talent pool and how they're developed and who stays, who goes, is it not better to first rationalize who we have whether they are the best set of people, and then we see what more do we need from out there. How do we handle all of this? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and discuss. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, listeners. So, uh, Sangi, when we look at all of this uh, that you'd mentioned, the different uh, strategies and the approaches that you would take, what would be a digital-ready talent? That is great. Now, let's look from a talent inside-out standpoint. We may look for another digital initiative. We means business. And business will tell to you that, okay, Mr. CIO, go ahead and get this realized. And you will look within and they're already getting over the more than spilling plate and you're adding more to it. Instead of that, do you think we can just put a stop, a pause, not a stop, but a pause and rationalize on both sides the projects that you allow to trickle in and also on the other hand the the people who just are they available at an arm's length you just don't assign them the projects you look at the rationalized pool to see what your capability is to hmm. what degree are we really doing it on the ground yeah and i think this is a uh, again one of the areas where uh, what kind of uh, 
steps do you take to make the yield of your portfolio be as effective as possible? Uh, so if you, if you think about the, the new demand and the, the existing demand, and, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, there, there are fundamental things that have to be done. We have commitments to our customers, to our shareholders, and those things have to be delivered consistently. Uh, you know, whether it's your system staying available to fulfill the promise to our customers, uh, whether it's the uh, promise to the regulators, uh, to take care of the commitments that we made. Uh, so you do need the core part of your team to stay focused on the commitments that we have to de- deliver to. And as you look to really differentiate yourself in the marketplace, what level of focus do you want to put in a, you know, what I kind of refer to as continuous experimentation, uh, where you're really pulling in a segment of your team, a subset of your team, to be on that kind of innovative cycle, uh, you know, example, I'll take, take, take an example, right? There, there are certain things we do in our business, uh, and they are extremely, uh, uh, you know, they're, 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 I would say they're very process-oriented. Uh, at times, they're also very manual. And uh, when you start looking at those things, and if you try to really solve for every process automation, you know, that would be very overwhelming. So what we've been doing is slicing and dicing into you know, what are the first set of, you know, 10% of the processes that you want to really uh, take through a robotic level of automation and bring in, say, your robotic process automation technology into play, uh, start creating that level of value, get more people trained, uh, and uh, in this kind of model I refer to as two-in-a-box, uh, you know, where you have a, uh, you have a basically tech-savvy business product uh, owner and you have a business domain-savvy technology owner co-shaping uh, that level of automation. So what you basically do is, you know, one ten hundred, right? You know, do one very well, then scale it to the next ten, because you've got more people owning and uh, being trained in that uh, area, and then you scale it to hundred. So to answer your question, uh, you've got to really be very focused on prioritization. You know, what's on the top of the pyramid that matters the most, uh, and drive learning from there, and then you start to scale it uh, beyond that. So we've been actually applying that to a few areas of digital, you know, I, I shared one example with you with robotics. So when you did mention about, you know, rationalizing the pool or looking at who should do which type of job, and definitely you need to keep the lights on so that bimodal or multimodal IT approach that people talk about so you can go on different um, mm-hmm. streams, if you will. Now, everyone, if you were to ask, besides some who very clearly say, no, I don't want to go that route, the innovation route, I'd rather work on something which is predictable and which is fine, we put them in the right bucket. But when you see some excited people in your talent pool or or, or just the worker pool, I will not call it talent yet, Mm -hmm. they may not be the talent that you want, even though they might be showing all the enthusiasm in the world. Mm -hmm. What is your way to put them in their place without demotivating them or utilizing them to the fullest because they were of value in the past. Yeah. And, you know, so I'll, I'll also remember to share one other thing with you uh, that, that we are kind of looking to do, um, which goes into uh, the point you asked earlier about now, what do you do to invest in your talent as well. So I'll, I'll, I'll remember to kind of mention that. Uh, but when, when we think about... Uh, you know, these colleagues who have uh, institutional knowledge, they have domain knowledge, uh, and which is very, very important to us. Uh, they may be in different parts of the organization. As you said, you know, somebody may be highly uh, passionate about something but may not have a skill set. Uh, somebody else so who may have a lot of uh, skill set but may not be passionate. And uh, when I start to look at this, uh, I do put a lot of value on, on passion. And if you can bring your will, uh, we can provide the skill. And so that aspect is going to be very important, first of all, is that are you really leveraging the, the passion that people are bringing to the workplace? And if they're missing the skill set, but they are demonstrating the right level of attitude, uh, I've seen it historically, people will rise to the challenge and they will actually get upskilled. On the other hand, if you are not showing the will and you basically have no passion to pick on, pick on new things, uh, then that becomes a, a challenge as well. So I'll just take an example. You have you know, folks who are uh, strong with domain, in domain knowledge but not 
basically willing to go through the transformation journey. You know, you still need them to be able to provide different perspectives. And if they are, you know, convinced uh, and they want to get behind the common cause, that's actually a great outcome for, the, uh, for any company as you're actually leveraging your investments you made into your talent. Um, but if after going through this constructive uh, dialogue and providing different perspectives and getting to a unified position, and even after all that level of uh, multi-perspective level of uh, engagement, and people are not willing to get behind a common cause, uh, then you do want to be also decisive to not impact everybody else who is actually looking forward to drive that change. So, so to me, I think would be uh, I think leveraging all perspectives, you know, very very important, uh, ensuring that there is decisiveness, time boxing, and constructive uh, dialogue that happens to improve the quality of your product. And then you have to basically ensure that uh, uh, when you to, up to your point, which you talked about bimodal. Uh, you have people who are working in the core and you have people working on, on the transform side. Uh, I do believe that uh, if you are on the core side, you still need to spend about 20% of your time to understand what's happening on the transform. And if you're on the transform side, you do need to spend 20% of your time to understand what's happening in the core because if you don't do that, things will not be uh, as well understood by you and the impact of the outcomes would not be as strongly felt by the customers. So you do have to get out of outside your comfort zone, explore what you're not comfortable with, uh, and collectively the core and transform and that bimodal uh, approach will get you to uh, the expected outcomes. Would you think there would be a risk of faked passion? Because sometimes people try to win when there is a lot of excitement. They say, oh, yeah, I want to do it too. I want to do it too. And you want to give them a benefit of doubt because you're already scrambling. Do you think those could be traps? And if yes, how do you not fall into those traps? Yeah. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take an example. Uh, we recently did a, a technology leadership summit. Uh, and, uh, you know, being uh, roughly 10 months into this uh, transformation, uh, we pulled in all uh, people leaders. Um, you know, it's very, very important. We are in the business of people, and uh, you know, people leaders are... Uh, the ones who are motivating their uh, colleagues to, to be part of the change. And uh, we did some anonymous level of uh, information gathering before that summit. Uh, 50% of the leaders uh, felt that they had already uh, seen 25% of the change uh, happening over the course of the last 10 months. And of the other 50% of the people, uh, they were in the range of know, 25 to 100%. And even I, you know, being passionate about this change, uh, am not feeling uh, more than 50% at this point. So when I see 100%, uh, you know, you, you, you take it with a grain of salt, right? You know, okay, that's great. Somebody is extremely passionate, uh, but you have to be practical. And, uh, and, uh, and at that point, you know, you have to be just mindful to say, you know, I, I, when I haven't had that cool aid yet, so <laughs> I'm not sure how we would have gotten to 100% of transformation. Uh, but I, I, I also believe that, you know, positivity drives positivity uh, and negativity drives negativity. And if somebody is feeling that good on a given day, um, I also don't want to ignore it. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to be naive uh, uh, and, and assume everything is rosy. Uh, but if somebody is really taking the initiative to... to create that level of uh, positive rhythm, uh, then there is some value to that as well. When you evaluate the skills or competencies, and we did talk about the institutional and or functional knowledge, when mm -hmm. you're thinking digital, frankly, digital is a business initiative from point to point, right? Even though technology is there, it is there to, to yes, rethink what's possible, but essentially it's a business uh, initiative and in that the institutional and functional knowledge could play a role it could go two ways one is that you get stuck in your old ways because that's how we used to do so you are you have that inertia but it also could that nuanced learning or the nuanced knowledge the deep down knowledge and what situations can be could be very very important but that pool may not always be on the surface showing very passion, very lot of passion, or they may not even show that they have the skills. But that knowledge is invaluable. Where do you place them? Do you put them on an island? 
No, I, I think first of all, I, I completely agree that knowledge is extremely uh, valuable. Uh, and uh, what I referred to earlier as a two-in-a-box model that we have actually rolled out uh, at the bank level, uh, this is basically for every product uh, uh, that we are investing in to have a very uh, strongly coupled co-creation uh, kind of a, uh, collaborative de- delivery model. So tapping into the uh, domain experts uh, who are really passionate about that change is basically what is starting to create the momentum for us uh, at the bank. Uh, so for the example I used earlier about that whole robotics uh, where uh, a very complicated process, uh, uh, highly manual, was uh, automated uh, and that whole journey was less than 45 days uh, would have not happened had the partnership from the business domain uh, owner would have not been as visible. And those leaders being able to bring the real knowledge of what the pain points are and the technology leaders being able to partner with them to bring the art of the possible uh, and questioning any unproductive status quo. So to your point, how do you protect against that risk as well where you're trying to uh, implement the old into the new, and uh, and asking that uh, question, fundamental question, empowering the team to be, as I said, questioning status quo. And I think those are the kind of things that when I refer to two-in-a-box model, there are other aspects of two-in-a-box, this co-creation model, uh, things like uh, you know what you would expect, uh, uh, design thinking, lean startup, agile, and DevOps, uh, but those are mechanics. But what's at the core of this is that you're getting uh, these two owners in a box. They are basically unifying behind a common cause. And once they feel as one inside the box, they can truly uh, imagine out-of-the-box kind of capabilities. Uh, And that kind of goes back to the point you're making is that you do want to tap into those resources. It's at the end of the day, the business transformation story enabled by technology. So now all that execution-related uh, activities that we spoke about and the talent we spoke about, there would be, like, coming back, looping back to the strategy again, what what we are trying to do at any given time is is basically following, following out of, of a specific strategy that you may have built. But then there is creative destruction happening at way too fast a pace, especially in the digital era. So your strategy which you created and you started thinking through all of that and then something comes which could either provide you something radically different or better, that you drop what you were doing and it becomes a throwaway work or it becomes irrelevant because market conditions or other other drivers change. Do you think we should, you know, like I turn off CNN so that I don't hear politics so I can go about living my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so can we t- tune ourselves out and work on what we have in hand or should we be listening to the outside world way too much because otherwise we will never have a transformation because you will always see that there's something better out there and whatever we are doing as a strategy or building the roadmap will be stare they'll become irrelevant what should yeah. be that level of listening that should happen while we go about dealing with digital and also thinking about our digital talent please stay tuned listeners we'll be right back and explore Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. 
To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Sangeet, this is the interesting part that we have been talking about when things are in control and things are not. I mean, yeah, in digital world, things are not totally in control. But even the fact that you build your strategies today and then there is a disruption, which fundamentally shakes the very foundation based on which you build the strategy. What do you do then? Do you want to, in order to be successful in digital at some point, tune out? And, and and not think about what's next in the horizon so you can focus on getting something done? Yeah, uh, I think keeping the focus on getting things done is very, very important. Uh, uh, and I'll, 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 I'll come to that, uh, that part uh, of, you know, do we tune out or not? So I'll, I'll just maybe answer it up front to say I don't think uh, uh, as a company, as, as an industry, we can afford to tune out. Uh, but it's uh, how do you stay tuned in in a productive way? Is I think what's uh, what's the what's the kind of the, the point there? Uh, but mm-hmm. if I think about uh, you know your point about uh, de- no, delivering to a commitment, so you know, we have a model uh, we kind of launched uh, end of last year. Uh, I, I refer to it as Five Q, uh, which is basically grounded in uh, execution and how do you deliver to your commitments consistently over and over again. So you really build that credibility to go and drive even higher level of innovation uh, in the company. And so this 5Q model is basically, and that's not a scientific equation, but it's, uh, you know, it's uh, one side of the equation is XQ for execution quotient, and how do you drive sustainable outcomes uh, through a strong execution bias? Uh, so XQ for execution quotient. On the left side, it has four key elements, you know, HQ for happiness quotient, LQ for learning quotient, EQ for emotional quotient, and IQ for your intelligence quotient. And they're kind of listed in that order as well uh, from the importance of significance, I feel. Uh, So that that piece we are driving in a a way that if we drive the level of focus on learning, you know, having people enjoy what they're doing, being having a rich emotional quotient, and obviously intelligence matters, but it's not the only thing that matters. Uh, you can actually focus on ensuring strong uh, delivery to your commitments. Now, going to the other side of, you know, do you want to stay well-informed? Yes, you want to stay well-informed. You don't want to be overly informed um, because things change, and in the emerging environment, you know, you, you throw things on the wall, few will stick, others will fall. So how do you really stay focused on by to few but be able to make very informed decisions. So, you know, as we look into the world of uh, uh, cognitive computing, as we look into what's happening or emerging in the space of you know, blockchain, uh, what you see happening with uh, uh, super broad, uh, broad, uh, uh, broadband. So, so the super broadband area continues to evolve. Uh, if you are informed and we are able to do, uh, I would say, time box to rapid experimentation and see how it fits into our business model, uh, it actually prepares us uh, well for the next iteration of capabilities that we, we decide to invest in. So my, my kind of answer on this would be uh, we can't tune out. Uh, we need to stay tuned in but productively and then pick the vital few and then bring them into your continuous experimentation cycle. If you fast fail, you learn fast, uh, and then you bring into your environment what you think would be re- relevant to enable your business transformation. And since there is always a scarce pool of the type of people you want in your team, right? Either the people mm-hmm. who you have, but once they develop themselves or they feel that they are better 
appreciate it and they have a better opportunity, they'll move away or they have a temptation to to go somewhere else or the people who are already getting developed elsewhere, uh, there has to be something in you. So while we are saying, okay, this is what we want from people, whether internally or externally, what what do people want from us? I mean, what, what are they looking for? What is their career path? What are their aspirations? Because what of time? What of time? A lot of times I've seen, you know, and I've, I've said this more and more is that we talk people, but we think resources. And as soon as mm-hmm. we start thinking about people as resources, we try to optimize or squeeze the last, you know, juice out of that penny. And when yeah, we yeah, do that, we lose them. Mm-hmm. No, and uh, you know, there's a there's a uh, and I've actually enjoyed reading this book. Uh, it's called uh, Joy. Uh, it's by Richard Sheridan. And uh, it really kind of talks about uh, uh, how we built a workplace that people love. And, uh, you know, it's it's not the only good book written in the space about how do you create a joy factor at, uh, at your workplace or how do you create this happiness quotient that I talked about earlier. Uh but if if uh, if people can't connect with what they're working on, they don't see a purpose behind what they're doing, then even with the best of the efforts, uh, the momentum is not really there to drive the kind of transformation that we uh, have talked about. But if I look at you know, at a macro level, you know some of, some of the key themes that we've heard uh, from our people, you know, they've been in the area of you know they want to learn and grow, uh, they want to be empowered, they. Uh, want to hold each other accountable for results. Uh, things that you would look at that and say, oh, those, those are great things. I mean, you want to deliver results. You want to hold each other accountable. Uh, they want to have continuous focus on experimentation and relinquish any fear of uh, failure. Uh, we've heard things like they want to flatten the hierarchy. Uh, you want to have fun at work. So when, when you kind of take those things into, into account, uh, you know, all of those things are coming out as not people not saying that, oh, we don't want to really de- deliver results, or we want it easy. Uh, people want to be challenged. Uh, they want to see the connection to what they create directly supporting the macro-level goals of the organization and, and of, the, of the company. So if I just take, an, uh, you know, I take that into account, and I shared this you know, example of the five Qs with you, you know, one of the things we did uh, earlier this year uh, we did our, did our first hackathon at the bank. Uh, you know, we call it C-Hack. And, uh, you know, the point that you were making about is, you know, you may not have enough talent or you may only have few people who understand uh, innovation. Uh, you know, I have purposely uh, tried to embed innovation uh, in every organization, even if you are in operations. Uh, you've got to have some very key innovation-oriented goals. And how do you really... Uh, think in ways that you can be novel in what you create. Uh, so we did our first uh, hackathon. Uh, it was a 24-hour nonstop uh, event. Um, even I was there personally for the 22 of the 24 hours myself. Um, and uh, you know, we built 12 different prototypes of digital products. And the people who were behind these prototypes were not your you know, what you would expect as all software engineers. Now, you had some folks who worked on the business side. You had people, some of the very strong business analysts, and uh, you put them in teams of four. And what came out was a great way for even for the team to acknowledge that they didn't realize that in 24 hours, they would be able to exercise the best of agile and DevOps and be able to create these products. So I think the, the, the other kind of key learning for us has been that you have talent that is sitting in different parts of your organization. And once you go flat and you tap into your entire resource pool, uh, you are actually at times surprised. And I've seen sometimes the, uh, sometimes the best of the uh, engineers building APIs are the people who wrote COBOL code on the mainframe but because they had the right uh, mindset and right practices of creating modular code. Uh, they actually were the first ones to get certified uh, in doing uh, API creation. So it's you know how do you how do you identify the talent and also how do you give them the opportunity then to take calculated risk and move them into areas that are going to be strategically important to you. Now we people talk about strategic roles, uh, critical roles, and supporting roles in the digital sphere. Uh, I know critical are some more specific functional or technical skills. Strategic are who are really taking on something which has got a massive 
impact on what you want to accomplish as a business and supporting roles are the help desk and many other roles. So maybe I'll not call it help desk because it's an IT role, but in a digital sphere that these are the ones who are supporting the bigger initiatives. Mm -hmm. So if you were to rethink the roles in the digital era, what would get tweaked in terms of um, the, the job pools or the categories that you would create so that, and let's talk in the IT context now, because of course business could, could become very broad. So what you mm -hmm. thought pre-digital, how are you rethinking your org in the digital and even what you're looking ahead? Yeah, and uh, Sanjog, I'll maybe maybe take an example, because this could be also, I mean, as you said, it's a, it's, a, it's a really very important but very broad topic, and we can start to think about all possible roles. Uh, but if I think of, uh, I'll pick one area, uh, how we currently uh, host our applications. And the, as we start to think about the cloud journey and we start to think about uh, your uh, level of disposition of your applications on what goes to what part of cloud, how does it need to be architected, uh, you're starting to shift your roles from being storage specialist, uh, uh, you know, server specialist, network specialist to now cloud engineers. And the cloud engineer role starts to become a role that looks at all aspects of your infrastructure layers. And, uh, and your focus is not about, you know, buying and standing up servers. You're looking at uh, uh, design patterns and infrastructure patterns to not only migrate applications to the cloud, but what does it take to sustain that application in the cloud? So cloud, en cloud engineer uh, could be and actually would be. I mean, that's a, that's a role that we have launched uh, uh, inside our company, and uh, that role I can see continuing to basically grow. And and in that all, all of this that we are talking about, where we are to deal with this talent, would you think we spoke about HR in the very beginning, but we did not talk now? Mm -hmm. HR and technology, and, and of course we have had a shows on this where how well do does HR understand technology, and then on top of it, when digital comes, which even the technology people don't understand digital well, let alone a function which is there to support you from a talent standpoint, but they really are not able to keep up. How are you expecting to build uh, an environment from an HR perspective or even from technology when the, the skill mix the expectations from both sides, the culture, environment, everything is in flux. So do you want to wait before the dust settles? No, and, and that's, uh, you know, from our standpoint, we've been uh, very fortunate. Uh, uh, not only we have an excellent relationship uh, uh, with our HR organization, the HR partner uh, working with us uh, you know, day in, day out, uh, uh, hand in hand, uh, even our talent and culture development uh, part of the strategy within our tech strategy uh, has one of the domain CIOs who reports to me and the uh, head of HR who is assigned to us uh, as kind of co-creators uh, of, of, of that, that whole strategy and the execution plan. So HR, first of all, you know, is very, very critical to us. I think as we've been talking about the roles that evolve in this digital space, you know, whether it's a very, very... Uh, visible and uh, focused attention on roles like your customer experience or, or user experience experts, uh, whether it's uh, uh, anthropologists who are being kind of also brought in uh, selectively for parts of a portfolio, uh, you know, that's starting to change. Uh, the, the, the role definitions, uh, what kind of talent are we looking for, uh, and even our approach to going out of our traditional ways of acquiring talent. Uh, are starting to become, you know, uh, very, very different. So, so the roles are changing. Uh, the, the needs uh, of uh, hiring are changing. Uh, the channels from where we are bringing talent is changing. And, uh, you know, the part that I talked about earlier is when you focus a lot on engage and develop versus focusing just on the outside of, you know, attract and retain, then the word of mouth is actually helping us out to, to pull in some talent as well. And talking about the leadership, do you think uh, talent is seen? Because as soon as we talk about people, 
there mm-hmm. people there, there is there is there is a factor not a fear factor but people cringe at the idea oh my god i have to deal with people but that's a very important part too so we just have a minute left i would like you to share the mindset that a leader needs to have so that when they do work with talent where things are on the move the talent is scarce they have many other places to go what the what should be the mindset of the leaders like yourself which when they wear is going to make them uh do the right things in order to maintain this digital talent life cycle yeah i think that the, uh, I, i would say uh, first thing first uh, the leaders being able to convey uh through their words but more importantly their actions following their words that we are in the business of people uh that talent development and culture development uh is something that really matters for a business to be successful and to sustain that level of success uh having that level of uh, mindset that we are actually investing in our talent we are actually uh launching a program uh, uh soon as in like you know in 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 couple of weeks where we will be launching a technology university inside the bank and the focus of that technology university is to build a level of skill set which is both a mile uh, wide for certain roles and in certain roles a mile deep and so driving that level of prioritization and and driving that level of focus uh, and it's all around what do you do with people and people can really go uh thereafter and surprise us with all the things they can create for our customers on so behalf of the show and our listeners uh, thank you so much sangi for sharing your views on how organizations can take a strategic view to to this whole digital transformation that's going on and in that context manage and develop talent so that we all reap the benefits thank you so much again thank you sanjo and listeners please like us on facebook search for ctn and be sure to follow us on twitter and join our linkedin group thank you again for listening to this segment on ctn this is sanjo all your talk show host till next week take care and god bless Thank you for tuning in to CTN CIO Talk Network with your host Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.